good to see all of y'all, but let me say uh, um, I'm sure thankful that we've been allowed to come together this week. We've had a lot of fun, had a lot of laughs, and uh, I must have preached too hard last night because almost everybody didn't come back. <laughs> and I preached on the subject of being committed to the Lord's work. <laughs> uh, but thank you. If it is Tuesday night, I realize that, and I, I'm so thankful you're here, and, and I tell you, we had a good time, and I told y'all I can't, I, I've been trying to think of a good Texas joke I could tell without hurting anybody's feelings, and so I just decided that uh, we live in this day of soft uh, 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 sissies, uh, I, I'm figuring some Texans can take some hard jokes, right? All right, so you know how, you know what a Texas sermon is? A Texas sermon has a point here and a point there and a lot of bull in the middle. There you go. <laughs> Y'all know what this is, right? You know what that is? Y'all don't know the Longhorns? Isn't that right? You know what that stands for? We are number two. We are number two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, better than... At least they're better. At least they're better than Florida. That's all I know. <laughs> this old boy from Texas, he come up to Arkansas, and, and uh, they was riding around. You know, everything's bigger in Texas. That's what they say, anyways. And this old boy, he come up to Arkansas, and him and this guy from Arkansas was riding down the road, and, and this real nice big old deer runs across the road, and, and that Arkansas guy said, "Man, did you see the size of that deer?" Man, that, that's a big old deer. And, and uh, that guy from Texas says, that ain't a deer. He said, that wouldn't even make a small dog in, Ar in Texas. And that guy from Arkansas, he just kind of shook his head and drive down the road a little bit later. And by that time, this big old turkey run across the road. And he said, man, did you see the size of that turkey? And this old boy from Texas says, you got, that was a turkey? He said, man, I thought that was a hummingbird. <laughs> man, I tell you, that wouldn't even make a good hummingbird in Texas. <laughs> Well, man, this guy, Mark, is all, he's a little frustrated. So driving down the road, and about that time, he sees this great big snapping turtle. Great big old snapping turtle. Snapping turtle's good eating, too, in case you don't know. But this big, great big old snapping turtle crawling across the road, and he hit that guy from Texas on the arm and goes, Hey, look at that tick! <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. <coughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, my wife, she, you know, anyways. I got one more, and I'll get into preaching. One more. This isn't a Texas joke. Well, yeah, it is. No, let's see. Yeah, one more Texas joke. Yeah, you know, there was a big battle in Texarkana, and them old boys from Texas, they kind of figured out what to do, and they started throwing, they started throwing dynamite over to the Arkansas side. Arkansas, they can catch the dynamite and light it and throw it back. <laughs> wow, she said. <laughs> All right, Psalms chapter 145. We better get in. Huh? And they're leaving? They're leaving. <laughs> All right, let, 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 let's, let's finish it with, with a... Here's one more. This isn't a Texas joke. <laughs> There's this Jewish guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a pilot. 
and he gets on the plane to fly the plane. He goes in and sits down in the pilot's seat, and he sits down and looks over at the co-pilot. The co-pilot guy is a little Chinese guy. And he looks at the Chinese guy, and he says, man, I hate Chinese people. That Chinese guy looks at him and says, why do you hate Chinese people? He says, he says, I just hate Chinese people. He says, why do you hate Chinese people? He goes, because y'all bombed Pearl Harbor. The Chinese guy says, we didn't bomb Pearl Harbor. The Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. The Jewish guy looks at him. He says, Chinese, Vietnamese, Japanese. Uh, uh, what's the difference? Uh, Y'all burnt bomb Pearl Harbor. So the Chinese guy, he's kind of mad, and they take off, and they get to flying along, and they're flying along. And finally, the Chinese guy looks at the Jewish guy. They're flying. He goes, goes, you know, I hate, I hate Jewish people. He goes, well, why would anybody hate Jewish people? We're God's people. And the Chinese man says, says, y'all sunk the Titanic. He says, we sunk the Titanic. He said, yeah, an iceberg, iceberg. He says, I, an iceberg sunk the Titanic, not a Jewish man. He goes, iceberg, Steinberg, who cares? What's the difference, right? <laughs> Amen. Y'all want some preaching now? All right. All right. I, I better get back to what I'm good at. Amen. And that's probably not this either. Amen. Psalms 145. Let me tell you a story. 19, 1995, the Lord called us to pastor a little church down in Stillwater, up, up in Stillwater, Oklahoma, back then for us. And uh, my, my children were young. And, and we went there in our first service. We went there for Sunday school. There was... There was three, plus our family, and the Willoughby family was our, and uh, and so uh, and by the time the church got started, there was 21. But I'm telling you, we was there for six months, and the Lord, the church just seemed to set. And sometimes we'd have people come and visit; they didn't want to come and stay because there wasn't enough people there. I'm gonna tell you, within a two-year time period, we was running in the in the 70s, and God really blessed, and we served the Lord there with all of our hearts. And 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 I, I told you that to tell you to tell you this that uh, that uh, back in back in two, uh, two, 1993 92 somewhere I lose track of when it was when God called me to preach uh, Miss Ashley back here brother Nick's wife was uh, her daddy became my best friend and we kind of adopted him as family and so she, I'm, they still call me Uncle Kevin and. And I claim him as my niece. I say, my niece is married to Nick Dignan. And, uh, and anyways, and so they're a blessing to us. And her and, brother, her and Trenton were little kids. They used to sing specials at church. and had, Even had a revival there. They did the special music. And, and uh, it was just a good time of serving the Lord back in those days. And the bus ministry and all the stuff we used to do, it was a blessing. Well, if you've come tonight, I preached hard last night. I preached kind of a little hard on Monday, Sunday night about about how important it is that we love the Lord. Well, tonight I'm going to, I want to preach tonight on praise. And here's something I want you to know, how important it is that we praise. Have you ever prayed, have you ever got on your face before God and prayed without asking for one thing and without confessing one thing and all you're doing is just praising His name? This psalm, the last five psalms are praise psalms and they're all about they're all about just praising the Lord. There's not one prayer request here. There's not one confession of sin. There's, there's, not, there's not anything such as that. They're just 
praising God. And, and I'm going to tell you, maybe the, you know, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we're supposed to be thankful for everything. And sometimes, you know what, we lack in this area of praising God. So what I want to do by means of introduction, I want to show you something really special about this praise psalm. But then I really want to preach a message on God's greatest act. Now, this is just my opinion of God's greatest acts, but I'm going to show you tonight why I think that probably, in my opinion, some of God's greatest acts. But won't you stand with me as we're going to read uh, Psalms chapter number 21 tonight with your King James Bibles open, Psalms chapter number 145. And let, let me say this, I'm going to read the whole chapter. So some of you can pillow your head tonight saying you read a chapter from God's Word today. Amen. Psalms chapter 145. And let's begin reading in verse number 1. He says, I will extol thee. And that word extol means to exalt. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And, and His greatness is unsearchable. O generation shall praise thy works and to, to, one, to another, and shall declare the, thy mighty acts. Verse 5, I will speak of glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works, and the men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, which means awesome, and I will uh, declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the, mem the, the memory of thy goodness and shall sing thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion and slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. And His tender mercies are over all His works. And all thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of thy glory, of the kingdom of, of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power. Verse 12. To make known the sons of men and His mighty acts, uh, the glorious majesty of His kingdom. The, ki the kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and rises up and those that bow down. The eyes of all wait upon thee. Now givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfies and desires every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is, is nigh unto all men that call upon him and to all that call upon his true, him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him, but all the wicked will He destroy. My mouth shall speak thy praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless the holy name forever and ever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I ask you please to bless my thinking tonight. Fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray I say not one thing that you don't want said. Lord, I also beg you now that you give me the words to say that I need to say. And help me not to hold back in any area that you want said. Lord, I pray that you uh, speak to our hearts. Dear God, I pray for power and for liberty. Pray if there be a soul that's lost tonight that they get saved. I pray for Christians tonight to come to a place in their life where they would praise you. Praise you and not be so discouraged and so disgruntled and so critical all the time. Lord, I ask you these things at your will. Thank you again. In Jesus' name I pray. And amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Every verse, every verse in this passage of Scripture exalts the Lord. Every verse. But we need to praise Him more. 
Hey, I need to praise Him more. Hey, sometimes when we're going through some things and, and we don't want to praise the Lord, we need to praise the Lord more than we praise the Lord. We need to praise Him for His goodness. The Scriptures tells us in this passage and <clears throat> for His greatness to start with in verse number 3, He says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. I could take some time and I could preach whole messages on those statements of His, his greatness and His greatly and His great. He is great. The Lord is great. The Lord is good, the Bible says. He is good to all. This is kind of a strange thing. The Bible says in verse number 9 that He's good to all. I believe, listen, God's even good to the weirdos. He's good, he's, good, he's good to those who kick sand in His face and mock Him. You say, how is He good to them? He's good to them in so many different ways. They still get to enjoy God's sunshine. They still get to enjoy a, a nice cool breeze. They still get to enjoy a lot of things. God is even good to everyone. The Bible says the goodness of God bringeth men to repentance. Can I tell you, God is good. And too many Christians today are having too many pity parties and uh, feel sorry for me and oh poor me and, and gripe, gripe, gripe and poor old me along Missouri mule face and griping and complaining. We need to praise Him for His goodness. Yeah. Praise Him for His greatness. Praise Him for His glory. The Bible says in verse number 11, He says, They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. We ought to praise the Lord for His glory. Why? Because He deserves it. I used to not understand this back years ago when I was first called to preach and started to prepare messages. People would say this, preachers would say this, God gets all the glory and He deserves all the glory. I used to wonder, why does He deserve all the glory? Well, because He's, a, he's a, the perfect one. He's the Creator of all. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the only one that could do the things that He's done. He deserves to be honored and glorified. And if it had not been for Him, not a one of us would even be alive today. Not a one of us could breathe. Not a one of us could go forward. We ought to praise Him for His goodness. Praise Him for His greatness. Praise Him for His glory. Praise Him for His government. The Bible says, and I'm not talking about our government, I'm talking about His government. The Bible says in verse number 1, 11, They shall speak of the glory of Thy kingdom and talk of Thy power. His government. His government is perfect. His ways are perfect. The Bible says in verse number 16, And open His thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous and all His ways. He never makes a mistake. He never does anything wrong. And we ought to praise Him for His goodness. Praise Him for His greatness. Praise Him for His glory. Praise Him for His government. Praise Him for His grace. Amen. You know what we all deserve here tonight? Right. We don't deserve a break today. We deserve hell. Right. We're sinners. Because of that, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short but we deserve a hell. But because of His grace, grace, because of His wonderful grace, we have the opportunity to know for sure that if we died, we could go to heaven. We have the opportunity to have a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ on this earth until we go to heaven. There's just a few little reasons to praise Him, a few little reasons to honor Him from this passage of Scripture. But I also want to look at something else tonight. And this is really more the message. This, this, is a, this psalm also speaks of God's great works Amen. and God's great acts. 
Yes, we know He's gracious. Yes, we know that He, he is good. Yes, we know that He is great. Yes, we know that He, is, he, has, uh, he has goodness. Yes, we know that he, has, he deserves glory and He needs to be honored. But there are some other things in this passage that I want you to notice. The Bible says in verse number 4, One generation shall praise thy works to another, and they shall declare the mighty acts. Verse number 5 talks about His wondrous acts. Verse number 6 talks about His terrible acts. As I mentioned, we was reading that speaking, speaking, speaking of awesome acts. <clears throat> Verse number, uh, number 10 speaks of all of His works. One generation is supposed to pass down the great and mighty works that God had done from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. Amen. We also have it recorded in the Word of God. Amen. His great works and His great acts. The Bible says in verse number 17 that they are holy works. They are holy works. And it goes on and on. This kind of reminds me of the day that, that Solomon uh, had finished the temple and the glory of God uh, entered into the temple and he dedicated He says, there is no God like my God. Amen. There's no God like my God. Amen. Psalms 86.10 says, Thou art great and doest wondrous things. Amen. <clears throat> the psalmist here is speaking about great things like the parting of the Red Sea. Yes. That's a great act. Amen. When he rescued the children of Israel, he's talking about the, the feeding of the three million as they, as they traveled around the wilderness for some 40 years and supplied them with food with manna. He's talking about the great act of him uh, uh, getting water from a rock for three million people. That's a lot of water. I don't know how many people live in this area, but that's a lot of food. That's a lot of water. He's talking about Joshua crossing the, the Jordan River on dry ground and marching around Jericho and, and, and the crash and the walls come tumbling down. He's talking about some wonderful, wonderful acts. He's talking about Joshua in the middle of the battle and needing some more daylight. And he asked God to hold the sun in one spot. And the sun stood still and the battle continued so they could fight in the daylight. That's the mighty and wonderful acts he's talking about in our psalm here. God's mighty, mighty, wonderful acts. His mighty, mighty, wonderful works. His mighty, mighty, wonderful uh, miracles. See, God can do anything. We used to sing a song in junior church. Our God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. There's nothing that He cannot do. But all those mighty acts, Elijah calling fire down from heaven, all those mighty acts, Samson destroying uh, a thousand Philistines with the jawbone and a vase, all those mighty acts, 185,000 Assyrians killed by one angel outside the uh, temple, uh, the, the walls of Jerusalem uh, in the book of Isaiah um, when King Hezekiah was king. That's a mighty act. That's a mighty act. Can I tell you this, this evening that there's a mightier act than that that I believe that the Lord showed something very special some three different acts that I want to bring to your attention that, that mean uh, that evidence that we mean something great to Him. We might be having a bad day today. You may have had a fight with your wife. 
and uh, she may have whooped you pretty bad. And uh, last time my wife and I had a fight, I didn't see her for three days. That's how long it took for my eyes to unswell so I could see her. Last time we got into a fight, <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> Last time she got into a fight, she came to me on her hands and knees. Yep, she told me, get out from under the bed and fight like a man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, we all have bad days. We have discouraging days. Sometimes we have tragedies that's entered into our life. Sometimes things have happened and sometimes we just need to see God's greatness, God's great works. And I want to point these towards man. So I want you to take for just a moment to take your Bibles for the next few minutes. We go to me to Genesis chapter number one. Chapter number one as I want to look at some of uh, this great, great act. I know it might take some of you a moment to find the book of Genesis. It's right before the book of Revelation. But if you take your Bibles over there. <coughs> the handiwork of God. I want you to look with me in verse number 3. The Bible says, and God said, let there be light. The Bible said in verse number 6. And God said, let there be a firmament. The Bible says in verse number 9. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. The Bible says in verse number 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Amen. Verse number 14, and God said, let there be lights. And if we continue on, the Bible says in verse number 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly and moving creatures. The Bible says in verse number 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. You notice it keeps saying in verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. But I want you to notice as we study this, and it says, and God said, and God said, and when God spoke the earth, He said it. When God created the sun, He spoke it. When God created uh, the moon, He spoke it. When God created the birds of the air, He spoke it. When God created the stars, He spoke it. When God created the waters, he spoke it when God created the land. He spoke it, Bible says in Psalms chapter 33, by the word, by thy word were the heavens made. The Bible says in Psalms 33 as well, <coughs> he spake it and it was done. But I want you to wait a minute. I want you to watch something. He created the universe. He created everything by speaking it. He spoke the stars into existence. He spoke the waters into existence. He spoke the land and, and the animals into existence. But when it came time to make man, He said, and let's make man in our image. God stopped for a moment. Yes, and in Genesis chapter number 2, and in verse number 7, the Bible tells us here, he says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils yes, the breath sir. of life and became a living soul. Yes, so he spoke all those things into existence. The universe, everything, God created it by speaking it. But then 
it come time to make the first man. God somehow took his hands and he put them in the dirt and he shaped yes, a man sir. with his own hands. Yes, and he put the eyes where he wanted them. He put the nose and the mouth where he wanted and the ears and he formed the body and the legs and the feet. And then God got down on his hands and knees and he put his hand over the nose of the man and he blew his breath into his lungs. Why did he do that? Because he cares more about man than he does the universe, than he does the stars, than he does the animals. When he breathed into man, he could have just said, and God said, let us make man in our image and spoke and there he was. But no, we mean more to God than that. God tells you, we mean more to God than that. He cares about us. He created us in His image. He created us in His image as a triune being. He had to take some time. <clears throat> he made the eyes so they would bleed just perfectly. He made the digestive system and the antibacterial system and all the reproductive system and all that there was. We're important to God. We're important to God. He didn't just speak. Hey, do you realize something tonight? God created man with the purpose of having a relationship with Him. That's what God created us for. Sin entered into the world and caused, I can't get by even a praise sermon. I have to preach on sin just a little bit. Amen. We can't get by with sin because it divides us in our relationship with Him. We are so important to Him. What a blessing. The Bible says that we're wonderfully made. We're wonderfully made in the image of an almighty God. Let me give you some four thoughts about man here. That's quite an interesting thing. Number one, just to prove that we're important to Him. But we are the crown of His creation. Number one, man is the only creature that fellowships with God. Ladies, i got bad news for you. That Pekingese of yours doesn't spend time with God. (laughs) Have you ever seen a bunch of Pekingese dogs? They're not real dogs, but they're kind of a partial dog. Have you ever saw a bunch of Pekingese having a worship service? <laughs> Have you ever gone fishing and saw a bunch of channel cat having a song service praising Jesus? No, God doesn't have a relationship with them. He has a relationship with mankind. He chose mankind to be the one that He has a relationship. And we know He has no relationships with cats, of course. Everybody knows that. There's no relationship with the cat. It's amazing that he has a, it's amazing that God has, that has deity wants to have a relationship with dust. It's amazing that he wants to have a relationship with me. Uh, an old sinner saved by grace. Praise the Lord. He wants to have a relationship with me. Number one, man's the only, this isn't the outline. This is just some sub-points here. We're working right along. Man is the only creature that fellowships with God. The second thing I want you to think about when it talks about, when I'm talking about man being the crown of God's creation, everything God has done 
he did with man in mind. <laughs> the beauty I mentioned a moment ago of the fresh air. And the, I mean, I love the I love the look at the mountains. Now, y'all gonna laugh? You can laugh all you want to, but I love the prairie. I would. I mean, I mean, home, home on the range. <laughs> I, I'm from I'm from the Midwestern uh, prairie land, Nebraska and Kansas. And, oh, I love the the beautiful sunset. <coughs> That's what I miss in Arkansas, brother James. You can't see the sunset; it stops at the top of the tree line. You miss that beauty going down. Uh, and my my son here, he's he's all Mr. Smart, and he says, "Daddy, the sun doesn't go down, really, doesn't? Doesn't the Earth spin?" towards the sun and away from and it causes it to go down and to come up I said but that's just a term he says but that's not right I says you're right Samuel you're not right <laughs> he's gonna <coughs> amen but my the point I'm trying to make here though is that everything God did everything God created the rolling hills the beautiful mountains the sunset he did that with God with man in mind he cares about us, Christians. Amen. He cares about us. I'm going to tell you one of my favorite things God gave us that He created us for. God created taste buds. Amen. <laughs> Aren't you thankful He created taste buds? Amen. Could you imagine if everything tasted like your least favorite food? I would list something, but I can't think of anything I really don't like that much. <laughs> I don't care much for boiled okra, I guess. I'd hate to open a bowl of ice cream and have it taste like slimy okra. I mean, I like okra, but I don't like it just boiled. And, I mean, you just hold it up here, open your mouth and let go, and it don't even hit the sides all the way to the stomach, you know. The little slime down the throat as it goes. <laughs> We're important to God. You know, and you might, we might think that's a minor thing. But I, I mean, my goodness, the, the, there's going to be a marriage supper. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just saying that God cares about us. God chose man. God chose man to have a relationship with. God chose man to create things that was in mind for him. God used man, uh, man's body, for the Messiah to come in. Amen. Bible said, Bible teaches us that he, he didn't. He, he came as a human. God chose, God, God, think about this. <clears throat> Man caused him to leave glory. He didn't come to this earth 2,000 years ago to die for the whales. He came to die for us. Amen. He didn't come to die for the birds or the, the deer or, or the angels either. He came to die for us. He came to die for mankind Amen. to pay that sin debt. Right. He came. Man is special to God. What's the Bible says in John 3, 16? We all know, for God so loved the world. And He's not talking about the earth. He's not talking about a worldly system. He's talking about me and you. But God commanded His love towards us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Amen. <clears throat> we are who He cares about. We are who He bled and died for. The King bled and died for you and I. What a blessing. Three greatest acts, and number one, I believe, 
the creation of man. Number two, for time's sake, we're not going to go there, <coughs> but not just the creation of man, but number two, the cross of Calvary. Amen. The cross of Calvary. Paul said though he was rich, he became poor. For whose sake? For our sake. Amen. For my sake. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. He didn't come to save the righteous. He came to save the lost. Amen. The Bible says that He became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus touched the leper and said, Be thou clean. Amen. He brought Lazarus from the dead at a cemetery. Amen. And He stood at the cemetery and they said, Roll away the tomb. And He said, Lazarus, come forth. And I truly believe this, and I'm not just saying this as a coin. I believe if he hadn't said, Lazarus, come forth, every single person that was dead in that cemetery would have rose from the dead. He, he spoke. He spoke, and the, the leper was healed. And, 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 and he spoke, and Lazarus came from the dead. And he said to the sick man, Take up your bed and walk. And, and he fed 5,000 people by, by speaking. And, but when it came to Calvary... Yes, but when it came to the salvation of man, here we go again. God taking a little bit of time. Yes, sir. All of a sudden, He's taking a little bit of time. He didn't say, be thou clean. He didn't say, be thou saved. He didn't paint a message across the sky, be thou saved. No, no. He did a little more style. Yes. He come from heaven and born yes. of a virgin and born of God. <clears throat> and he became born a man, the God-man. And he lived a perfect life for 30 years. And people hated him. And then they had three and a half years of training disciples. And then he went to a cross, the old blood-stained cross. And he was beat. Why? For man. He had a crown of thorns put on his head and beat into his head. Why? For man. They drove the. Uh, they took and bent him over, and they hit him with a cat of nine tails and ripped his skin to shreds. Why? For mankind. They put him on a cross and drove the spikes into his hands and and into his ankles. And why? For man. They dropped the cross into the hole, and when it hit the bottom, his joints come out of socket. Why did they do that? Why did God do that? For man. He took a little bit of time. Oh yes, I know Isaiah 53 is in the Bible. And I know he had to fulfill Scripture. I know Psalms 22 is in the Bible. He had to fulfill Scripture. And Psalm, can I tell you something? He wrote the Bible. I know he had to bleed and die. But he had to do it in a fashion. He did it in a fashion to prove to us how much He loved us. How much He cared for us. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. He loves us. He loves us. He loves you. And He loves me. Can I tell you, when He did this great act, He did it for you and me. Why? Because He, we're important. he could have called 10,000 angels as the songwriter has said. He could have done that. <coughs> but He came to die on Calvary. He was beat 
for man. He died for man. He bled for man. He went to the tomb for man. But here's the best of all. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph. Hey, I'm going to tell you something this evening. If he hadn't have died for your and my sin, we would still be on our way to hell. If he hadn't have died and went to the grave, but he had to resurrect from the dead. All the other gods, little G's, <coughs> they're still in their graves. Their bones are still rotten someplace. But not my Savior. Three of His greatest acts. I believe His greatest act was maybe at creation. Another one of His greatest acts was at Calvary. But the third greatest act I want you to notice is the comfort of home. Revelation chapter number 21. <laughs> I don't ever preach a funeral hardly without referring to this passage of Scripture. John chapter 14, he says, I go and prepare a place for you. Yes, sir. Revelation chapter number 21. Have you ever read what he says heaven is going to look like? Yes. Now this is after the end of the millennial reign. This is after the end of the white throne judgment. And the Bible tells us an amazing passage of Scripture here. John on the Isle of Patmos got to look down into the future and he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, watch this, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And be with their God. Now listen to this. This is heaven. Listen, if you study heaven, you study these passages of Scripture in chapter 21, you study over in John chapter number 14, you'll see it talks about there being the mansions there. And he's prepared a mansion for us. But here he talks about the streets of gold, the gates of pearl in verse number 21, and the beautiful walls and, <coughs> and all the things. The Bible says in verse 21, a city of pure gold, transparent as glass. And the Bible tells us in verse number 23 that there's no sun, there's no need for the sun or the moon because the Lamb of, the God, Lamb, of, Lamb of God has lit this thing up. Can I tell you something? He kind of went overboard with heaven. Amen. Well, maybe he didn't go overboard with heaven because he created it for the ones that he loved. He created it for the ones when he got down in the dirt and he formed them. He created it for the ones that he died on the cross for at Calvary. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, and I'm going to tell you something, as great as heaven is going to be, as great as they're going to be, they're going to be the beautifulnessness. The, is that a word? The beautifulnessness? It must be, it is now. Amen, it are now. Amen. I'm just saying, but you listen to this. As great as the mansions and the streets of gold is going to be, you listen to verse number 4. Bible says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither shall there be neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for former things are passed away. 
Wow. <laughs> and I can say that backwards too. Wow. What a blessing. When he died on the cross, he said, it's finished. He told his disciples in John 14, I go and prepare a place for you. Now let me, let me just give you something. Some stevixology, Brother Kevin, chapter 2, verse 4. <laughs> I believe that Jesus left this earth. And he went to heaven to prepare for us a place in heaven. Y'all agree with that? But you go back to Genesis chapter number 1. And you find it took him six days to create the world. Not six million years or six billion years. It took him six days to create everything. And he's been gone 2,000 years working on my mansion. What must my mansion going to look like? If it's taken him some 2,000 years to get her done, I'm telling you, it must be a glorious sight. I'll tell you, he, my Savior, He cares about me. I'm not saying this with arrogance and pride. It gives us a reason why we ought to praise the Lord. Why we shouldn't sit around and have our pity parties. Why we shouldn't sit around and gripe and complain because of a small amount of inconvenience uh, that happens in our lives. He spoke the sun. He spoke the mountains. He spoke the animals. He spoke the air we breathe. He spoke the, the seas. He spoke the waters. He, I mean, He spoke and manna for 3 million people for 40, 40 years. He spoke and healed the sick. He raised the dead and cast out the demons. He spoke and the seas obeyed. Amen. But when it came to man, He took a little more time. He personally created man. That's right. That's right. He personally come to this earth in the body of a human being and paid our sin debt. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. You realize that somebody has to die for our sin. Yes, sir. And we either allow Jesus to die for our sin or we have to die for our sin ourselves. Right. And that's not talking about a physical death, friend. That's talking about an eternal death. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 14, He says, And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Revelation 21 and verse number 8, it says, But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake with burners with fire and brimstone which is the second death. When He died on that cross for us, He paid that second death. But we must be willing to accept that as we trust Him as our personal Lord and Savior. And He took a little bit of time when He created our eternal home. We have something to praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. We have a reason to praise Him, friends. And I fear today that sometimes we get so busy that we don't praise Him. Or sometimes, man, I'm going to tell you, you want to know, somebody asked me one time, I says, Preacher, are you against everything? I said, almost. But sometimes we get so busy being against everything we forget to praise God. Right. He took a little time. Yeah. <clears throat> no matter how bad your week has been, we're important to Him. 
no matter your problems. And when we start to live a life of sin and discouragement and quitting God and laying out of God's will, and remember this. He loves you. Amen. And He loves me. Amen. We care. He cares about us. It's time to praise Him. I challenge Amen. you to praise the Lord. I mean, come to an old-fashioned altar, fall on your face, and just praise God. Amen. Not one prayer request, not one sin being confessed, just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening. Father, we ask you now to please speak to our hearts this evening. Lord, we're, we're unthankful, we're ungrateful so often, and we forget to praise you. We forget sometimes with all